just to let you know that some of the conversations we have in this podcast can be a little fruity. So beware playing it on loudspeaker in front of your nan. I am going to play you, Laura, six sound clips. Some are sounds of people working out in the gym and some are sounds of porn of people <laughs> shagging. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that really does like sound like a guy just had a happy ending to something. I feel like there's probably like no gym in here. They're probably just all shagging clips or something like that. Hi, I'm Ben Rogers. And I'm Libby Daniel. And from Lift Learn Love Productions, we present to you, ladies and Benjamin, where we bring you personal trainer versus client real talk. With female guests, we will delve into the often embarrassing realm of bodily functions, fitness and lifestyle. Join us while we break down barriers, expose ourselves and tackle being imperfect in a seemingly insta-perfect world. Welcome to our penultimate episode of Ladies and Benjamin with me, Libby and Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, Libs. How you doing? I'm very, very good. How are you? I'm very, very well. It was your birthday this week, wasn't it? It was my birthday. It was great. Had a really great lockdown birthday. It was super. Nice. Good, good, good. Get anything uh, special? (laughs) Um... Well, my mum got me a globe bar. It's like this vintage bar, which is shaped as the as the globe, a world, and it opens up to reveal all your alcohol. So right. very fitting, very me. <laughs> that sounds, um, sounds perfect. It sounds perfect. For yeah, you. so nice. Um, so anyway, this week we have our lovely guest Laura, who is also one of Ben's clients. Hey, Laura. Hey guys, happy to be here. Excited for today's podcast. So this week we are talking about careers, which I feel is pretty topical right now in this ever-changing pandemic. Um, Careers are certainly being compromised and changing all the time. Um, So I'm going to hand over to Laura in a minute. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that you've created your own app, which is super cool. Can you tell us about it and what you do? The current app is called Inside Out. Um, well, I think it's Inside Out 25, actually. Um, I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I basically have set up and run a mental health business. Um, and we have an app that helps people to access mental health support, either in the form of guided self-help or through talking therapies. So uh, people can access coaching and therapeutic sessions um, which is obviously a hard free video in the COVID world that we're in. It kind of plays well into, into that sphere. Have you always been like working as a, like a self-employed entrepreneur or have you done other stuff in the past? I mean, if you ask me what I was doing at the age of eight, I apparently lined up all of my uh, shampoos, conditioners and dolls <laughs> and things and pretended that I had a chemist and a pharmacy. Um, my mum reminded me of this the other day. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I basically, I had all my dolls and toys and stuff, like <laughs> the customers and then like all like the shampoos I stole out of the shower and out of the bathroom, like were the products that everyone was going in to buy. Um, so apparently my eight-year-old self knew I was going to be an entrepreneur um, <laughs> when I got older. Little did I know. Um, but no, like I started my um, career in health and fitness. You know, the careers advisors at school just ask you what you're good at, and you're like, sport, like, what do you enjoy? Sport, what do you want to do? Sport. Um, so they're like, go and study sport. So, you know, off you track, studied sport and business management for, for three years at undergrad level. But I think like the biggest thing for me was having gone through a three year degree program 
there are so many people like, on the gymnastics team with eating disorders or like guys with gambling addictions and people just generally suffering with like anxiety around like their third year you know finals and things that mental health wasn't once kind of talked about on this three-year program we had physiology psychology sociology and so that just sort of piqued my interest but yeah I, I did camp in America so I went and played sport for the best part of two months in America which was super fun um, I was a swimming teacher so I was like lifeguarding and teaching swimming and then I came back and decided that uh, perhaps I ought to do some more studying because I wasn't ready to let go of the, the university lifestyle so uh, embarked on a master's degree in physical activity and mental health and during that program became a published ac academic author and did like a whole bunch of research around mental health and sport and fitness and things what seems like common sense now uh, was groundbreaking 15 16 years ago when I graduated with this MSc was that physical activity and exercise can boost your mood and you don't need to take antidepressant drugs I mean shock horror right everyone's probably thinking well yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. that makes sense but you know that 15 16 years ago the only research that was being done was by the pharmaceutical companies by GSK Pfizer and the like so of course they were like take drugs to you know to counteract these problems um, so yeah, in parallel with that, I set up my first business, which was a swim school. And so I was teaching a bunch of youngsters, um, like four and five year olds to swim. And I was like, okay, I'm getting paid X an hour. They're paying X amount per term. Hold on a second. Like this just doesn't work for me. Like this is slave labor. I'm not happy with this arrangement. So I was like, right, well, this is easy. I just find a swimming pool that's empty and then I'll just create my own swim school. So I did. I literally was like, basically phoned up a bunch of hotels found a pool that wasn't being used, put some flyers into local villages and primary schools. And before I knew it, I had a swim school. Um, and then I sort of like grew that um, without really thinking like what I'd done. It was just like this little thing, this little project. And I was like, this is really cool. And then in parallel with that, after I finished my MSc, I worked in health promotion. So I was working with what were then the primary care trusts within the NHS, local government and local universities to put together GP exercise referral campaigns, cardiac rehabilitation programs, and stuff like that but again like 15 years ago like 95 percent of the referrals that we got through from gps to this exercise referral program were for physical health problems not mental health problems and the funding was for mental health so yeah we kind of like that program um ceased to continue because we didn't hit the targets but i think you know, even now right most people will go to their gps with like a broken leg or a chest infection they won't go to speak about their mental well-being and like their anxiety or their stress or their depression or whatever yeah. because of stigma so true so yeah that kind of like put uh, i got really annoyed at that and local governments were like hey we're going to spend money on you know affordable housing and renewable energy and i just was like ah can't do this anymore you know fighting against all the red tape and i got headhunted by a, um, a consulting company to go and work for them in program project management. And this was around a time that um, one of my friends was working for Deloitte and he was traveling around the world in business class. He was staying in all these luxurious hotels. And I was like, what do you actually do for a living? He's like, I'm a management consultant. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna become a management consultant. And then like I say, when I got headhunted to join, I was like, yes, absolutely. Gonna have this really glamorous lifestyle. Um, it's not glamorous. <laughs> it's really not a glamorous lifestyle at all. What do you mean the first class flight flights? They're not they're not glamorous. Then for the first part of four years, I didn't even leave the country. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, we're based in the UK. It's something that's like interesting because you know, you, you I, I know you just said you, you know, your friend uh, flew around the world in first yeah. class. 
uh, stayed in luxurious, luxurious hotels. And it's something you do hear like a lot. And I'm sure a lot of young people, um, you know, perhaps at uni and stuff, hear all these stories of people older than them, um, you know, who are doing all these things and think, oh, you know, it's a great life. Like you said, like you thought it would be. Um, I think it's a lot of stuff they don't hear about, which is why I think, yeah, like hearing your story is going to be uh, really, really great about that. Yeah, it is really not what I had signed up to. I was, so I'd kind of gone from this job in this world that I was really passionate about, that I loved, but got frustrated I couldn't make the change I wanted to make, to wanting this glamorous lifestyle that never landed. And I was like literally like staying in travel lodges in like these really non-glamorous <laughs> hotels in the UK, you know, doing these, these programs and projects. Um, it was a great experience, like don't get me wrong. And anyone that goes into management consulting, um, you know, will know it's a really fast paced environment. You learn so many skills, you get exposure to so many different clients and types of projects, but just know it is hard work. It is what you hear, the rat race of the, you know, the 12, the 14, the 16 hour days, being in the office till midnight, you know, doing presentations for clients at 9am the next morning that they don't read or they don't turn up to. It, it, it is, it's not glamorous at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, so in 2013, I then had a battle with post-traumatic stress. So there'd been a bereavement in 2010 that I hadn't dealt with. And then there were various different trigger points um, that had occurred and that then exploded up into a form of PTSD. It was sort of like a hybrid between, um, you know, sort of the trauma and the anxiety around that with uh, a bit of depression thrown in. And it was a pretty horrendous experience to have to go through. And I went to my line manager and she just said, you're working alongside the CEO on this really high profile project. Everybody across the, the company worldwide knows who you are. What are they going to think? And I was like, I don't care. Like I'm suffering. Like I don't feel well. Um, and she was just basically like, crack on with it. You'll be all right. And um, yeah, eventually um, I sort of tried to push through and then that led to burnout and physical health problems like autoimmune disease and things. And I was really poorly for the best part of 12 to 18 months. Yeah, when I you know, sort of made a recovery, I went back and said, look, I want to change things. And like the workplace weren't really willing to, like they were supportive for a while. And then like I realized like the change I wanted to make, I couldn't make it there. And then I went to work in another company, which was in the same field, but it was the same nonsense, just a different facade. And um, yeah, from there, I kind of decided enough was enough. So I went traveling, had a career break for a while. And then on the back of that, decided that there ought to be a way for people to be able to meet business travelers that isn't Tinder or Bumble or anything like that. You know, when you're away, you're, you're seeing groups of friends going out and socializing and you want to do the same. And it's like, you can just imagine the headline, can't you? Like, you know, management consultant meets, you know, future husband on Bumble or whatever, you know, like great, you know, and that's something that's the Bumble CEO would love that type of story. Or you can imagine the, the headline of, you know, management consultant shags way around world you know probably like <laughs> yeah you know not necessarily what you want so I decided that there ought to be an app for you to be able to meet friends and connect with people um that were also traveling from uh, on business around the world um and that was where my previous business Jambo came from um but sadly my co-founder there had a, a mental breakdown and this was around 2017 when the princes were putting together heads together and launched the, the, the royal foundation etc um, so Prince William, Prince Harry, and I just decided on the back of that, that, you know, probably there was an opportunity to do something around mental health. And I, was, I remember sitting there um, vividly in the, the co-work space with one of my friends and like, I was wondering what to do about Jamba, I was wondering what to do about my, my, um, my co-founder. 
and this guy just turned around to me and was like I'm putting renewable energy into communities in Africa that have no power I just thought oh my god like you're doing this really amazing stuff and I'm sat here trying to create an app to connect business travelers like what am I doing and it was like this real like epiphany moment of like hold on a second so on the back of that I um, decided that perhaps there was a time to to do kind of good go back to my roots and my passion which has always been mental fitness mental wellness um physical activity exercise and that's where inside that's come from you're just so incredibly accomplished <laughs> i'm in absolute awe of you like it's amazing how did that feel to you when you kind of took that step where you were you know obviously uh, kind of doing really really well in your in the corporate world really successful to then kind of you know perhaps some people might see it as a step back um to create you know starting a company from scratch how did like how did you handle that I think at the time I was so kind of caught up in the, like the PTSD and you know the sort of the, the burnout that I didn't really know like what was going on and I was just wasn't really thinking straight about anything and it was kind of like this really weird I guess like kind of period of time in my life where I was just wanting to you know I was wanting a change I was wanting all those feelings to disappear I was wanting you know to go back to feeling healthy and normal and energized that when I had this career break and I kind of came up with this idea and I just thought yeah this this just it felt right like I've always had that burning kind of light to run my own business um, so it just felt like a natural progression to be honest and everyone's like oh god I can't believe like you're quitting this corporate salary and bonus structure and everything else and you're not paying yourself any money and you're doing this and you're doing that and I'm like it felt freedom that's what I felt it was just I felt free and I felt like I just has like the world is my oyster and I could have this opportunity to kind of create something and shape it without having people saying you can't do that or there's red tape here or there's boundaries here or there's constraints coming from this particular direction the reason I ask is I think there's a lot of people who are, I don't know if you have, like still know people who are working in that corporate world who are kind of unsatisfied. They're kind of just going through the motions and not really fulfilled in those jobs. Um, but they, the, it's that fear of like jumping ship. And if they, especially if they have devoted a lot of time, a lot of investment into that career and, you know, perhaps they're, you know, they are quite far into that career then taking that step, I just, I think a lot of people are a bit too scared to actually make that jump. Yeah, I think there probably are, to be honest. Like, you know, I know a lot of people that are working in the, the corporate world and you get used to the routine, you know, you get structure in your day, you get a steady income coming in, yeah. you get bonuses, you know, either six monthly or annually. And, you know, they can be sizable bonuses sometimes. Um, and you get the safety net of working with people around you that support you, you get training mm -hmm. development, all the other benefits that you get with it. Um, so it can be an incredibly scary transition to make into running your own business. But I think, yeah, you've just got to kind of take a step back and think, what are my drivers? What do I want to achieve? What gives me a sense of purpose? And what gives me happiness? And if mm -hmm. you can look at, you know, what, what your drivers, how can you make a difference in the world? Are you getting, um, you know, intrinsic rewards from the work that you're doing? Is it giving you the lifestyle that you want? Are you working with people that motivate you, that challenge you, that, you know, make you think about how can I be the best I can be in my professional career? And if that you answer yes to all of those questions in the corporate world, fantastic. But yeah. if not, you know, the corporate world's not going to be any, it's not going to go anywhere. There's always going to be, you know, 
consulting jobs, jobs in finance, jobs in professional service firms, whatever that corporate world looks like, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm. You know, I would say is be brave, take the leap. And what's the worst that's going to happen, right? We all fail. I failed at my first business. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're not failing, you're not learning. With careers, it's what you spend 90% of your time, of your whole mm. life doing. So you might as well be happy. So Ben, you've got your own business as well. So maybe we could talk about you for a bit. Because uh, from what I know, you started off doing something which unfortunately failed. So what happened and, and what happens when, when a career fails like that? As soon as I finished, kind of play, uh, finished school, sorry, I went straight into playing uh, rugby professionally, uh, which unfortunately after three years, I had to stop playing because of injury. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that was obviously pretty traumatic for me. I had a plan to play rugby until I was probably my mid-30s or my parents perhaps not that's a bit bold maybe not quite long but um play rugby for at least you know quite 10 or so years and make a good career of it uh so when that got kind of cut short dramatically it was very traumatic I wanted to get away from the whole kind of health fitness scene and move completely to another kind of area um so I went into actually went into recruitment uh which uh, I'm sure a lot of people who moved to London did you yeah, go into recruitment. I uh, hadn't. I had no idea you did that. I had no oh, idea about that either. That. How has Ben kept that a secret for so yeah. long? So, <laughs> it's such a good secret. I know, I know. Obviously, it's very different to playing rugby day to day for a career to suddenly be working in an office. And I'm, I'm glad I did experience it because it, it, it firstly developed loads of skills like communication skills, building relationships, all this stuff, which I now can use in my, my personal like business and my personal training business. But um, I soon realized, yeah, I, I did a few in three months that I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't uh, sit at a desk all day. That was, wasn't the person I was. Uh, I didn't enjoy it um, as much as. I can't imagine you in that role <laughs> somehow. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, not me. I just couldn't sit still. So um yeah, so I did that for a year and three months. And then I was actually the gym that I now work at. I was training at and uh, I did my level three personal trainer and was like, right, I'm just going to uh, ask at the gym that I train at if they have any um, availability. So I went into, yeah, then personal training. But <laughs> I say that, but I actually had to, so I was obviously doing my recruitment job and I um, did that for a year and three months. And between that and actually going into my personal training business and setting up my own business, uh, I actually had to like work in a bar, um, work in a kind of a pub and for about three months, probably. Uh, and luckily I had some money saved up from my recruitment job uh, and I um, could use that to kind of keep me going. But again, it was at that point, probably, it, I don't know if you felt like, I felt a bit of kind of um, embarrassment and shame, like going, you know, from a recruitment job in the city to then going to like a minimum wage bar job. Um, not that, and it's like, you know, not to anyone who does it and that's fair, like they enjoy it. But for me, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Obviously it was kind of something just want to, kept, to keep me going. But um, yeah, I kind of felt like, you know, I went into that and then I had to went into recruitment and I had to take a step back to kind of go into, uh, to keep me going just a bit of part-time bar work. I did feel a little bit of yeah embarrassment, but again, it kept me going and I'm glad I did it. And it now makes me appreciate more the success that I do have with my business. I think it's anyone who does take perhaps like perhaps change career and they, and they, perhaps doing, they're doing something they're not really fulfilled uh, by. I think 
it can be in the long term like really rewarding because it'll make you appreciate yeah more the things you do you know when you do have success in the future so um so yes yeah, so i did that for a little while in my local local pub and then started yeah my personal training business which again I don't think personally I could ever work for anyone again. Um, I think I'll be my own boss forever. Uh, it's just, I love, I love, and it's not as glamorous as everyone thinks. So like people are, oh, you're your own boss. You can work when you want, you know, take days off when you want. I'm like, yeah, you can, but you, you can't as well because, you know, you are ultimately, you, you, you only get what you put into it. You know, it's no, I, I guess a lot of people say when you're working perhaps for a company, are people were actually yeah they might be in the office for eight hours but are they actually like working for eight hours like proper work um and it's whereas when you're like self-employed if you don't like actually do like actual i would say the proper work um you you won't um you won't be successful and it's very and you feel a lot more pressure you have to put a lot of graft in especially at the start and uh but it is more rewarding i think for that um and you know when you are successful and you do see your own business grow uh there's nothing there's no feeling like it uh because you know you've put in the work and you started it up and it's no one else who's who's done that yes you might have a good support network around you but ultimately it's down to you um and no one else um i kind of wanted to go back to how you said it it um really affected you your mental health like when like your rugby career first failed mm. and i just wanted to know you know how it affected you and did you find it really hard to bounce back or yeah, what were the challenges you faced? Yeah, I mean, clearly like that's what I thought I would be doing for quite a while. And to see all my friends go on and carry on like playing uh, and you know, some of them are playing for England now. Um, not oh, saying really? I would play for England. Yeah, not saying I would have played for England. So I, I don't think I was good enough to play for England, but like, it's just, it's just, you know, seeing them on telly playing, uh, playing for England and stuff. And it was hard at the start, but again, I think, now I see it as actually a blessing in disguise. And I think that's what happens when you, you know, a lot of like failures in life or, or setbacks that you have, you, at the, at, in that moment, you see it as, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. Like you, you know, you don't, you're very um, tunnel visioned in that, but then down the line, you actually see it as blessing in disguise. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be here doing this podcast. I wouldn't be running my own business and experiencing, you know, living in London. Um, I don't think I would have moved out from Devon where, I, where I'm originally from. I wouldn't have, done, wouldn't, wouldn't have done all these things, wouldn't have met all these people that I have met. And I think ultimately, yeah, I'm, I'm in a better place now uh, than if I actually carried on playing rugby, to be honest. I, although I do miss it. It's great that you found the positives in that and been able to move on and kind of leverage the the negative, what could have been a negative situation into the positives um, of setting up your own business and running that. And you know, I am a firm believer of everything happens for a reason, but you know, through some of the work that we've been doing with Inside Out, um, you know, actually we have, we have a podcast as well, it's Let the Inside Out, and we had James Haskell on recently and you know, rugby player and yeah. uh, England rugby and he retired through injury and um, we had Ollie Phillips in the the first series England rugby sevens and he retired through injury and just listening to kind of what they both went through and they both had completely different experiences where Ollie just went to turn to alcohol and partying and things like that to you know mm -hmm. to kind of cope with the this, the, I guess the the stress of not being able to play again and walking out into a stadium full of like 70,000 people and getting the buzz and the highs that he then turned to alcohol and other means of you know to get the same highs so it's really interesting how like different people cope with that and I think like a lot of people retiring from sport go through like similar things when it's yeah. been prevented through injury um from, you know, in terms of not being able to continue 
I think definitely keeping busy is 100% one of the key things, but finding something to to kind of, yeah, if you do say change careers or do happen to, you know, and yeah, change a career, even no matter what stage you're at, I think then just finding something to to tide you over, to keep you going, keep your, keep your yeah, keep you busy, I think is so important. Yeah, and it's so relevant now because people are changing their careers all over the shop due yeah. to the pandemic. So, I mean, it's I think it's a really great message to tell people that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. yeah I'm a firm believer if you can you know whatever you if you want to do something badly enough and you want to achieve a new skill set or you want to break into a new industry then if you want something badly enough you'll put the groundwork in and you'll make the steps to make it happen like Ben was saying you know when you start a business if you want that business to succeed you're the only one that's responsible for making that succeed you can't blame anybody else if it doesn't just going back to mental health because we've talked about how careers and mental health really come hand in hand um me and Ben have spoken about this before, uh, about how you, you have all these clients, all these women, and they're constantly texting you all the time about their own personal mental health and struggles, you know, to do with image, etc. So I want to know how that affects you, Ben, because that, that surely must be, you know, quite hard sometimes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. Uh, obviously, yeah, when you have like 30 plus women, um, and yeah, a lot of them, you they do like you just mentioned do struggle with kind of like body dysmorphia you know eating um you know disordered eating stuff like this and um just issues which i obviously as a personal trainer uh it's not just you know the, the training as in exercising it's trying to help them with relationships with their food with training exercise and a lot of it is like mindset stuff um and just working on on their mindset and um yeah and relationships with with training and um nutrition uh, for myself, I most of the time, like I, I, you know, I'm completely fine. I'm very empathetic, I believe personally, and I think I, you know, I, I like listening. I'm a good listener. The most rewarding part of my job is actually helping my clients to overcome a lot of those struggles. Um, so it's not necessarily the kind of body composition changes; it's actually the mental side of things. So um, for me, it's really, really rewarding. But yeah, I mean, obviously if you say, you know, your clients are quite a few of your clients having quite a, a negative day for whatever reason, they're feeling pretty down. It can get to me. Like if, if, if you, if then that will affect me and my kind of um, mental state. So how do I deal with it? I mean, I speak to people. Uh, that's one thing I definitely do. I talk to my housemates, um, my friends uh, about things. I do things like go, you know, go for walks as, as cliche as it sounds, but literally getting outside, getting some fresh air, clearing my head. Um, but other times I literally, I'll just switch off. So I will have obviously breaks where I'm not actually working and I'll just, you know, I won't speak. And well, as my job is quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you, I, I, I have to give a lot of energy, uh, you know, in terms of like speaking to clients, positive energy. Uh, there'll be times in my, in my day where, I will kind of just like go into my own shell. My, I'm, my housemates probably will, will tell you would, would tell you this if they were here, but like I'll get home from work and because I've been really, you know, given loads of energy um, throughout the day, I'll come home and not being like rude to them, but I just won't talk to them. I'll kind of just go and sit down and make my food whatever and just like watch telly and I won't actually kind of speak to them at all. And they, and I've told them this, but like it's not me being rude. It's just for me, that's like, I need to like kind of just have some downtime, some chill time. Libby, I believe now is time for questions from the listener. Yes, indeed, Benjamin. <laughs> um, so our, <laughs> our first question is, 
How do you recover from interview rejection? It can be really crushing and demoralizing, especially if it's something you really wanted. Sometimes it has made me question my career path and if I am right for it. From Tanya. Um, I mean, I've been rejected from a fair few jobs. And all I can say is it's just a numbers game. Like you just can't get too demoralized by the first few because it's just a numbers game until the right one to the right one comes along and if you got rejected from those other ones it means they weren't right for you anyway so mm. yeah that would be my advice and laura i believe uh, you can give us a slightly different perspective on this uh, question yes yes um so we are hiring at the moment for inside out and we've hired in the past so i've been on the flip side of it where i have to hand out the rejections I know, right? Um, so you would be absolutely amazed at the number of people that have spelling mistakes in their covering letters and their CVs and their application forms. That's an absolute no-no. Um, somebody actually applied naming our competitor, saying it was really great to like apply for a role at our competitor's name. Oh, no. I was like, delete. You can't get, you can get the company right, then you can't have a job here um people that yeah basically will just put in like random letters to uh, bypass the mandatory required fields because they can't be bothered to actually fill out the questions and just submit their their applications so they're gone um then when you actually get through to interview stage people that haven't actually taken the time to research the company you know so what do you know about inside out they don't know anything that's a big black mark so i'd always say like make sure you do your research um it's certainly going to help um, and make sure you answer the questions that you're being asked and not just kind of go off on a tangent. Like we asked somebody about some sales experience relating to you know, very, in, very interesting B2B SaaS platforms. It's such a, a dry subject. But they were replied with this big story about how they sold mattresses and they were really proud at the number of mattresses that they'd sold when they worked in a, a mattress shop. So that was really entertaining because this just went on for like <laughs> half an hour about how this guy was really passionate about selling mattresses and the benefits of having a really great mattress and how we can get better sleep as a result of having this you know mattress that suits your body type and shape so um, i'd always say keep your answers relevant um and specific to the at least the industry if not the company you're you're interviewing for um i'd say get the names of people right as well uh, you'd be surprised at the, the number of people that don't get names right and obviously turn up for your interviews if you're invited to them actually turn up yeah, we had this one person telling us about how they'd um you know sort of drunken stories that this was the best one so the drunken stories oh no up to so we said what do you like to do outside of work you know thinking like would they culturally fit into into the business? yeah i like to get smashed on the weekend i like to get smashed <laughs> <laughs> i like you know to get drunk i go to strip clubs i go to poker tables <laughs> <laughs> like you would think that would be obvious like that's yeah. an obvious no oh sh oh libs <laughs> Fuck. libby did that happen in interviews as well was it is that, <laughs> is that, is that we didn't get the jobs off. <laughs> maybe our next question should be what not to do on a podcast yeah. sorry maybe guys <laughs> sorry <laughs> um great okay let's move on to our next question those were all fabulous tips everyone take note okay so question two what can you do to stay fit if you work a 10-hour day job in an office from George? Ben, over to you. I always say just do what you can do. Like If you can only do 15 minutes uh, three times a week, that's better than nothing. Um, don't worry about trying to do six hours a week you know, of training. Um, whether that might just be going for a run, whether that's 
getting to the gym just and do like a quick circuit for 20, 20, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Like it's better than nothing. Um, and then just also one thing I always find is before the week starts, if you can just, I allocate uh, set uh, specific times when you're going to exercise just so yeah so you, it's there in the diary and you don't then let anything kind of over overlap it if you are sat in office all day long a little tip i would say is try to uh walk around a lot so when i used to work in office i would take calls every time i got a call and i see i still do it now even when i'm at home but just literally talk on the phone while you're walking because it does all add up i say this to all my clients is yeah if you can take a phone for walking you're gonna be it's one step in the right direction i guess Question three, um, with the benefit of hindsight, what career advice would you give to your younger self? Laura, if you could go first. That's a really lovely question. And so my tip would be to believe in yourself and know that anything is possible. Just set your mind to it, focus, set yourself achievable goals and whatever you want to do, you will do. I would just say, don't be afraid to fail. As cliche as that sounds, it freaking honestly, yeah. Every time you fail, you learn something new. So yeah, don't be afraid to fail, basically. So I would say, don't be worried about having to pay your dues first. You know, it's a slow build. So, you know, do the internship, maybe work for free, whatever, but it's all going to amount to something in the end. One last kind of question from me, guys. Do you remember when you were perhaps at school, uh, any kind of career advice that you got from teachers or, or anything, anyone else? Do you remember those things that you had to do in school when we were like in year eight or something and you had to put in all your attributes into this like computer system and then it would tell you what your your future career should be? Do you remember that? And I, I just do. like, I, yeah, I remember I got palm reader. <laughs> Brilliant. And I'm like, what what kind of obscure thing did I put in there to get palm reader? Like it's so weird. Uh. Oh, that's hilarious. And um, so we had a we I remember filling out this paper document like questionnaire thing. So we were sat in the school in like you know proper kind of inter, um, exam style setup, the single desk, single chair situation. And they like this form where you had to count how many words you could write in a certain time frame. You had to draw with your left hand, draw with your right hand, like all these random things. Anyway from that they somehow figured out I was going to be a flight attendant <laughs> brilliant so thank you as ever to our listeners for sending in your questions we are now going to go on to game time we are now going to play burpees and herpes and I am so sorry for this ladies and gentlemen like it honestly the game gets more questionable every week <laughs> so Here's how you play. I am going to play you, Laura, six sound clips. Some are sounds of people working out in the gym and some are sounds of porn of people <laughs> shagging. <laughs> you have to decipher which is which. So if you get the majority wrong, you must drink a gin shot. And if you get the majority correct, Ben and I will drink a gin shot instead. Uh, are we all clear? <laughs> I'm very clear, Liz. I'm just, I'm just curious to know like what, what your mum thought when you were doing the research for this game and you uh... <laughs> I know I was like, Mum, it's just research, I swear. <laughs> yeah. I'm just studying, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> it's for work. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. to do the whole what's it called, the dark web <laughs> in order to do this game. <laughs> Incognito, I think it's called. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it's 
that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah, of course, you actually knew that was cool. You're just trying to act like you didn't know. <laughs> like, the dark, the dark web, yeah. You can right. tell I'm not an avid porn listener. <laughs> <laughs> if I get these right, though, does that like say something about me? So actually, I kind of want to get them wrong. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think they're going to be blatantly obvious, but let's give it a go. Okay, we're going to start. So, I mean, every week this game is a surprise, so well, hopefully it works. Are you ready, Laura? Ready. Okay. Here's sound number one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> God. All right, Laura. <laughs> Go on. Okay, I want you guys to drink the shots here. <laughs> um, that to me sounds like somebody is in a gym. I would have gone completely opposite of that. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely thought it sounded like I mean I don't know. Liz. Is that not a treadmill or something I, in the background? I am so surprised, but that <laughs> is incorrect. That was porn. That I was actually say, I was like, if someone if I if I was in a gym and someone's making that sound in a gym, I'd be slightly worried. Just it sounded like someone was running on a treadmill though. So next sound clip. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to contain myself. Okay, here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. I mean, that really does like sound like a guy just had a happy ending to something. So I feel like there's probably like no gym in here. They're probably just all shagging clips or doing that. Are you going for porn? Yeah that was actually porn so well done oh, i was right yes <laughs> i feel like that one was blatantly porn yeah. okay uh, you so, think that lives but you, some of the sound you hear in gyms yeah yeah you'd be surprised <laughs> <laughs> that is true all the thrusting okay sound clip number three <laughs> <laughs> what? was that even a human being what, what was that? like a hamster or something <laughs> I mean, I really would like to think that a woman doesn't sound like that whilst having sex. I'm going to say, Jim, just out of pure hope for that person that that isn't what they sound like when they're having sex. That was the gym. So that was actually someone playing tennis. Uh That's not the gym, that's sport. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sport slash gym. Um, Okay, well done. So uh, sound number three. Oh, no, sorry, sound number four. I mean, I'm looking at Ben's face here, and I don't think Ben actually knows what. I know what it is, one. but I mean, if it, I mean, I hope I know what it is because if I'm wrong, I'm, then it's a freaking weird, some weird thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going with shagging on that one, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. That was the gym. Wait, you really? going shagging? Can you hear? Can you hear, Laura? No, it's a bit fuzzy. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was the gym. That was someone lifting some really heavy weights. Libby, what's uh, the scores on the door? So it's two all at the moment with two more sounds left to go. Okay, next sound clip. I didn't even know what they're saying. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like English. Oh, no. <laughs> um, let, let's go with gym because it just that does not sound like a... It sounds like there's too much background noise for that to be. 
It is the gym. Yes. You're right. You're right. So the current score is three to Laura to two to us. Um, if you win this next question, then you've won the whole thing and we have to do the shot. So here is the last sound clip. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but that is totally porn. One more time. Go on, just to make sure. Yeah, 100% that is porn. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You are correct. That is porn. So well done. I, I you really have do, won the game. I really do hope my uh, my housemates actually know that I'm recording a podcast because they just keep hearing all these sounds and I'm I'm in my room like they're like what the hell is he doing in that room? To be honest, I, mean, I totally deserve this shot for this game. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ben. Yeah. Cheers. I got it here. Cheers, Libs. Happy Friday. So we've come to the end of Ladies and Benjamin. Thank you everyone for sending in your questions. Thank you, Laura, for coming on the podcast and sorry about the game. <laughs> no problem at all. It was so much fun to chat to you guys and the game was hilarious. And it is goodbye from me. And it is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. Bye, Laura. Yeah. Bye. Bye, bye. Bye. Ben. bye.